verse 7 of Psalm 51 in this uh, penitential psalm. And I'd like to read uh, from verses 1 through 6 and then verse 7. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Oh Lord, we ask that your spirit would fill our hearts and that we might hear and understand your word, your living word, and partake at this table with you with thankful hearts. May we rejoice as we receive your grace, for we ask this in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Several weeks ago, we looked at verse 6, and it says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. This is David after his egregious sin saying, Lord, I know you want truth deep inside of me. You desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. And he also knew God's grace, that the Lord uh, will show him uh, and give him wisdom. So the Lord wants us to grow in him and be sanctified inwardly, at the deepest level, at the heart level. And then David was asking, essentially, Lord, make me to know uh, wisdom, that wisdom that which is the hidden kind, the eternal kind, in my heart. Make me to grow in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And now in verse 7, he says, purge me with hyssop. The first part says, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. So this is a prayer, and it's also a statement of faith. So the prayer is, Lord, expiate my sin, pardon my sin, and then I know I will be clean. So it's a prayer and a statement of faith. Now, the hyssop plant was used uh, in numerous uh, washings, rituals, washings, uh, in sprinkling blood or water. Uh, And I'm just going to mention three of those. Uh, The one that we would all remember is when they were leaving Egypt, uh, they took hyssop. They were commanded to take hyssop and put blood on the doorposts and on the lintel, and they used hyssop for that uh, so that the destroying angel would pass over them. And that's in Exodus 12. And then also hyssop was used in the cleansing of a leper uh, by sprinkling water and blood. Actually, it was a mixture. And that was in Leviticus 14. And then it was used in the purification of someone who was unclean by touching something unclean, especially a dead body. And that was in Numbers 19. So in those cases, they used this hyssop to uh, sprinkle it. John Gill commented on this. He said, David shows that he saw himself a guilty creature, a guilty person, and in danger of the destroying angel, and a filthy creature like a leper, and deserving to be excluded from the society of the saints in the house of God. And that is what happened to those who were unclean. They were excluded, at least for some time. Matthew Henry said, Lord, let me be as well assured of my restoration to your favor and to the privilege of communion with you as they were, that is, those who were cleansed, as they were thereby assured of their readmission to their former privileges. 
Charles Spurgeon said, like the leper upon whom the priest has performed the, the cleansing rites with the hyssop, I shall again be admitted into the assembly of your people and allowed to share in the privileges of the true Israel, while in your sight also, through Jesus my Lord, I shall be accepted. So he's accepted by the blood of Christ. And so may each of you be reassured this morning that you are restored by the blood of Christ and you are accepted and you are given grace through his blood which is shed for you. The blood of sprinkling mentioned in Hebrews 12, we say it often in our readings, as you come to Jesus the mediator, as you come to the table, and as you come to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things than that of Abel. And then in the second part of this verse, it's a, David said again, it was a prayer and a statement of faith. He said, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He knew only the Lord could wash him in that way. And only the Lord could make him as white as snow. In verse 2 of this psalm, we read, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He wanted that washing to be thorough. Not just now. Yes, he needed it then. But thoroughly so that he'd be whiter than snow. Isaiah 1 says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be <clears throat> as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now those are imperfect illustrations. But David was inspired to help us to begin to understand purity, the purity that, that we have through the blood of Christ. So we were stained by our sin. We've all been stained by our sin. But now in Christ, we can be washed and cleansed. And we can be made acceptable to come before our holy God. We've been praising our holy God this morning. We can actually come before him only through the blood of Christ. And this is a cleansing <clears throat> that makes us exceedingly white and pure. Because we <clears throat> have been imputed the righteousness of Christ. We are seen by our Heavenly Father as through Him, as in Him. <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon said, Snow soon gathers smoke and dust. In other words, it gets dirty. It's an imperfect illustration, but uh, it, is, it was an illustration of purity, of whiteness. And then he said, It melts and it disappears. But you, Lord, he said, but you, Lord, can give me an enduring purity. So he was rejoicing that it's much more than snow, much cleaner than wool. In Mark 9, the Lord was transfigured uh, on the mountain. Uh, he took Peter and James and John with him, and they went to the mountain, and he was transfigured. And it says, his garments became glistening, intensely white, as no fuller on earth could bleach them. That, brothers and sisters, is a, a more accurate picture of how we are seen in Christ. Malachi 3 tells of the messenger of the covenant. That's another name for our Lord Jesus. The messenger of the covenant says, he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He is the one who cleanses us. Zechariah 12 and 13 prophecies that the Lord would come and that he would be pierced for us. He would be killed for us. And verse 1 of chapter 13 says, in that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David, for his people, and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. This is a fountain of cleansing. And it made me think of the song, <clears throat> There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners 
plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. In Revelation 7, one of the elders asked the Apostle John, who are these people, who are these saints arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And John said, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And finally, in Revelation 12, which is the center of the chiasm of Revelation, and in the, the middle of the verse, the, the, center, uh, the center of that chiasm in that section, it says Satan was accusing the saints before God day and night. And then it says right after that, but he was cast down, and they overcame him, these people. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives even unto death. So let's rejoice as we come to the table. Rejoice as you partake of the wine, as you even look at it and think about what that means, that the blood of Christ has cleansed you, has washed you, and enables you to be now an overcomer. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, we praise you that we can come to this table at all to receive your grace, because we have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, shed for us, and this table is a reminder of your great love for us and your acceptance of us. Lord, forgive us for taking your sacrifice for us so easily for granted. We come humbly as those who have been made acceptable to you only through our Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, and we rejoice and we pray in his name. Amen.